Dave married me last summer, by the way, guys. I don't know if y'all know this. But... Can we uh, kind of clarify what you mean <laughs> when you say that? podcast features explicit language and spoilers. Hello, and welcome to Better Late Than Never, a movie podcast where I invite a friend to watch a blockbuster, cult favorite, or otherwise culturally significant film that they've never seen before. After we watch the movie, my guest will decide if it was better late that they've been missing out by not having seen the film, or never. The movie just didn't live up to the hype for them. My name is Dave, and I'm your host. This week, I am joined by my friend, first-time guest, Eric, and we are watching a movie that he has never seen before, Back to the Future, from 1985. Eric, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Dave. Howdy, y'all. Eric, it is great to have you. Now, I want to point out that, Eric, you are a different Eric from the Eric that has already appeared on this show. Correct. A lesser Eric. You are, uh, I guess, well... Eric, I want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, I want to give you a bit of a special welcome and special introduction because for me, this is a this is a special day. This is a really <laughs> important big moment. We both know that yeah. we're watching this movie together because I have been trying to get you on this pod for <laughs> quite a while. Um, well before the pod. Yeah. Well, years before yeah. the pod. Josh calls you uh, my white whale. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's not wrong. I was, not <laughs> when I told him, I was like, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm doing it with Eric tomorrow. And he texted me back. He was like, oh, my God, the white whale. <laughs> you finally it's bagged really him. Happening. I'm here, dude. That, was, that really was the text happening. I said back. I was like, it's really <laughs> happening. That's exactly what I said. And um, Drew, on the other hand, uh, put it a different way. He said, uh, you're eating cereal on the number of times he's flaked on you. <laughs> oh! Yo! Yeah, I know, right? I got to actually <laughs> give it up to Drew, though. He's been really great to me. He sent uh, some business my way. So shout out to Drew. You the man. Um, also a pretty good turn of phrase, I got to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, so Eric, I... Listen, man, so so for those of you who may not know, a brief glance behind the curtain, this entire podcast came about because of you, Eric. <laughs> I tried to, I originally intended to build this podcast around you. Correct. And I've noticed there's, there's differences, because I've been listening to the pod, and I noticed there's differences to if I had been on the pod the whole time versus the people you have on, because most of the people you hang out with are film buffs they know references they're able to make you know pretty nice predictions today listeners 
this is not what you should be expecting. No, because I'm a different person. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about your deal (laughs) with movies. I will. So uh, in a nutshell, I've almost seen nothing. Um, But first I want to back up and say, Dave, thank you very much for having me on. It's a pleasure to finally get you. I love to see the setup. I love to see all the guests and it's been it's been a blast to to listen to better late than never and that intro song by justin too is yes i love i it. mean that will that will scale globally <laughs> it's a great song I, I fully believe you never have to change that you know that's a that's i mean a i think song. it has top 40 potential <laughs> let's go straight to the radios with it <laughs> but uh yeah so, so so background on me uh Dave, we've known each other for probably almost 15 years now. Something like. We have always bonded over your superior knowledge and my inferior knowledge. In all things. In all things. Uh, But specifically movies. And I've heeded your advice with many uh, lists that you've given me. But still, I have not seen I feel like that's actually kind of not the case. Because you don't really watch a lot of movies, Eric. I mean, so today we're watching Back to the Future, Eric. (laughs) We're watching Back to the Future. Okay. There's a big gap in my 80s knowledge. Like, no Goonies, no Back to the Future. Star Wars is kind of from the 80s, right? Like, 70s. Some of it. Yeah, so never saw Star Wars. I saw Godfathers on your um, request. Uh, You told me to watch the Godfathers. You told me to watch 28 Days Later. Yeah, I saw that film too. I fell asleep near the end, but <laughs> my problem, my problem with movies is, is I fall asleep a lot. So I just don't. It's just not, like, not you fall. You, you just fall asleep a lot. Movies don't interest me. Yeah, and it doesn't captivate me in ways that I couldn't watch two movies in a row. That sounds preposterous to me. It sounds like you can't watch one movie in a row. <laughs> right, right. So that's why I brought all the cocaine. So that we, I'm can, glad you did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Clearly, so, you've been getting at it already. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> we are definitely going to watch this movie. Perfect for Back to the Future. In completion. Yeah. Um. So, long story short, Eric, because it's taken you something like 30 episodes to actually even appear on this podcast. Um. You know, other Eric's have been better friends and have been on the podcast already. So uh, from this point on, I think just for the sake of the audience too, so they don't get confused, I think maybe call you Eric two. Yeah. E two, the professor. All right. All right. So Eric two. So Eric two, we already know that you don't watch a lot of movies. You get sleepy, (laughs) but you requested this one. Uh, Why did you want to watch back to the future? Uh. Out of all of so, the movies, basically all the movies in the world so that I, you could choose from. I listened to one of the recent podcasts and realized that uh, Taxi Driver, people don't, didn't give her a lot of crap. And I see that. People don't give me crap about not having seen Taxi Driver. But this, I catch a lot of flack. Yeah. And honestly, I want to deepen my relationship with Rick and Morty. Okay. Yeah. I and you get the sense that, that yeah. the, the Rick and Morty and Back to the Future are somehow related? Yeah. How do you think they're related, Eric? I, uh, like the crazy professor guy and then the, the younger guy. Okay. So, but also, I've just been told. People are like, oh yeah, Rick and Morty's based on Back to the Future. And I've seen like three episodes of Rick and Morty, and it is super funny, super smart. It was like Inception. Like I did not understand most of the things. <laughs> <laughs> but did you fall asleep? Uh, I didn't, actually. I love animation, and I think it 
Rick and Morty's really onto something. I'd like to be better about watching Rick and Morty. So that's why I want to watch this movie. Okay. Oh, also, I, I rode the ride in oh, Florida. Okay. So I feel like I kind of already seen the movie. A little sort bit. of, yeah. Yeah. Right on, right on. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. Well, so people give you crap about not having seen it. Do they talk about what they think? Like, does the movie have a reputation? Do they hype the movie up? Of course. Yeah, this is like, for people do. I was born in... 1984? Me too. Yeah. You're the rat, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to have to bleep that. that out, though. Yeah. Because I don't like people knowing how old I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. That's it. So I was born and we were born in the early to mid 80s. Is that fair to say? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just like, there's certain movies that you had to have seen, like E.T., yeah. Goonies. You know, this one. It's not the 80s, but Jurassic Park, Indiana Jones. I mean, the Spielberg, the whole Spielberg oeuvre. Right. Like, I hadn't seen any of those movies. I didn't see uh, Jaws. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, you're the reason why this podcast exists, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) Talking to you is the reason why I came up with this. But, uh, you know, long story short, though, you're coming into this with some high expectations. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little worried it might feel dated. Because oh. I think that a lot of the 80s movies might feel a little dated. Has that been your experience um, in the past? I think cinema has just come so far with the past 20 years. Well, I mean, has that happened to you before where like an 80s movie has not lived up because it felt dated? I don't watch enough movies to know if I've been disappointed. So you're just kind of really generally worried don't... on principle. I kind of just watch Ben Stiller movies. <laughs> <laughs> So Zoolander? So he wasn't really that big in the 80s, so I kind of... What Ben Stiller movies? Uh, all of them meet the parents. Um, Zoolander. Mm-hmm. Um, he did that serious, more serious role in Iceland. He was like a, a journalist, I think. Not familiar, no. but that's entirely possible. Yeah, he was also, he made a few cameos on Limp Biscuit albums. Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> he, he was coming at me from all angles. You were a Limp Biscuit fan? <laughs> Weren't we all? Was, oh, was of course. well, yeah. I mean, yeah. of course. Okay. I, I loved the track they provided for Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just in it for the nookie, bro. <laughs> Break stuff. <laughs> um, okay. Well, Eric, I want to start asking you about uh, your expectations for this film. So um, what do you think? This movie is about. Hmm. Well, not about today, but mm-hmm. more like tomorrow. The future, maybe? Probably the future. When in the future? And I also think that there might be them going back, too. Like, maybe is it a, is it a time machine? I even know that it's called the DeLorean. That's referenced a lot. What do you think so, the DeLorean is? Also, the DeLorean is what we wrote in on the ride. Oh, the yeah, yeah, park. yeah. Yeah, pretty dope. So, uh, so the DeLorean I is imagine a, it's a time machine, a time machine yeah. and they go back forward. I'm going to guess both. Okay. I like a little quantum leapy. Yeah. What do you think the time Love periods are? Um, oh, so, oh, okay. So you're good. You sounds like you're pretty good with TV. You watch Rick and some Rick and Morty and some quantum leap. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, yep. uh, what do you think? You know, they have a time machine. When do you think they go? Where do you think when? they start? a trick question no no Um, trick questions 
feel like ancient Egypt. Okay. And I feel like maybe they go back more than they go forward. Because I don't remember, like, it, I don't remember seeing... Maybe I'm confusing this movie with Indiana Jones, though. I don't... Oh, you really meant Ancient Egypt? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna jot that one down. Okay. Oh boy. And you think they but you think they go back more than forward too, is a is a prediction. Y- yeah. I think they do go forward, but I I'm not really sure. I don't know what to expect. Okay. Okay. Do you know who directed the movie? Not at all. Okay. Do you I know? I hardly know who's in it. Do Do you have any guesses? I feel like there's a double name guy, double if, double first name guy uh, with Christopher is the last name. Christopher is the last name. I think. Okay. And yeah. So when you say a double a double du- name double guy, first name guy is what I meant. So like someone with three names, like Jonathan Taylor Thomas, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's a dude. That's a triple first name guy. I mean, that's, oh, that's okay. next level, bro. I was just talking about like Jeff Ryan. Oh yeah, Chris Ryan, Derek Henry. Two first Derek names, Henry. always a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Although with Jonathan Taylor Thomas, that's three first names. Yeah. I don't even know what to make of that. <laughs> All right, but no. So you do know that there's gonna probably be some kind of old guy, young kid, Rick and Morty relationship, mm-hmm. but you don't know who the actors I are. Believe, who might no, be them. the Christopher last name guy is the old one. Okay. And the young one, I think, is Michael J. Fox. All right. All right. Um, are there any quotes that you think you've heard from this movie? Ooh. Or even like a particular way of speaking or cadence? Yeah, the old guy's got a kind of kind of crazy way about him. He's like really intense and always you gotta do this. Yeah, you, know, you know, like Keep he's doing just it. like he's <laughs> and I don't remember any quotes. God, I know that if you said it, I would know it, but I. I feel like there's one to do with, like, off to the galaxy or something like that. Okay. I'll just put off to the galaxy. Yeah, that's that's the best. That's all I got. That's all I got. Do you think that given the, the subject matter or even the title of the film that the, the old guy might have a line that's similar to off to the galaxy but might substitute different words in? Oh, are you trying to lead the suspect? Are you trying know. to like lead me into knowing what it is? I don't know. Oh, no, I'm not gonna know it. Okay. I'm definitely not gonna do it. I'm probably not well, gonna do it. Well keep your ears it. open during the course of the movie. And My... you might you might recognize it when it comes up. I think you'll I think you'll recognize it when you hear it. For sure. No, yeah. no. I, even if you said it now I would, but well, I don't want to spoil it. Here's what I will I know you won't. You're good like that, dude. But I am making a prediction mm-hmm. now that I will Already forget the quote by the time we're reviewing this at the end. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, memory's not really so hot. All right. Leaving aside quotes, are there any shots or scenes you might be expecting? Like anything specific that happens or that you might see? Um, I mean, you rode the ride. I really have, yeah. All I really have is because of the ride. And it makes me think that we'll be seeing things first person DeLorean. So like, what does eye. the DeLorean look like? Um, like silver, sporty, eighties, <sighs> sporty. It's got. I want to say, 
like jetpacks in the back. Okay. Um, it's hella hip. Hella hip. Okay. Hella hip. Now, here is a question that I don't always ask, but I think is very applicable to this film. Okay. Do you think you have any idea about some of the music that comes from this movie? Would I be wrong to be like, say, Herbie Hancock? Something like that. No. Sorry, were you doing dun 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 Oh yeah, those last few notes. You think that might be from this movie? Yeah. I mean, this movie has a pretty recognizable theme. Isn't that the Herbie Hancock song? There, I'm I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay. Okay. But okay, it's possible. All right. It's certainly possible. It does have a very recognizable theme song. Okay. So we'll see if you recognize that that one. I mean, I really committed to that one, so I'm really hoping it was that. We'll find out, won't we? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Oh my God, Eric. I got to tell you, this is really driving home to me why I wanted to build this podcast around you. You're great. Oh, thank you. You are great. You are. You are. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, Okay. So those those are most of my like the specific questions that I ask in part one. Um, but do you have anything that you just want to get down before we watch it as like a prediction or even like a hope? Like, do you have anything that you hope you see or want to get down just here before we watch it? That's a great question. Very insightful. Thank you. Yeah. Good at that, Dave. Dave married me last summer, by the way, guys. I don't know if we all know this. But... Can we uh, kind of clarify what you mean <laughs> when you say that? You were the officiant at Caroline and my wedding. I officiated your wedding, yes. Yeah. And it was a beautiful ceremony. And, and so, so many compliments from, you know, Dave was just amazing. He had such confidence. You didn't even have a microphone. You it's true. Like yeah. we have now, like this is such a benefit to have a microphone. So many people came up to me and said that I was the best part. <laughs> All right. What were we talking about? <laughs> um, now that we've crested. Back to the future. Uh, do you have any last predictions that you want to get out on, on, on to paper before we uh, watch the film? Um, oh, right. And it was hopes, too. Yeah, any of those. I hope that there's some... Um, weird social or political like a nixon reference or you know like um michael jackson is playing on the tv or i really hope to see those little nuggets that's like what i'm looking forward to is kind of the time capsule aspect of watching something from yesteryear sure sure um i hope that they i do hope that they go to the future more because right now i'm kind of thinking Ancient Egypt, and I want it to. So when be you a say that, future. when you say that though, do you think that they go back to ancient Egypt, or that they're in ancient Egypt and the ancient Egyptians invent a time machine? Oh my god! Wow, that was deep. Uh, I think just ancient a, just ancient Egypt. They just go back and explore ancient Egypt. Yeah, okay, okay. yeah. Um, but then going forward, I don't know how far forward they can go. Like I don't remember it looking Star Trekky. From a distance. On the ride? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm completely open. 
All right, right on, dude. Well, in that case, I think it's time that we sit down, and for the first time in your life, Eric, you're going to see Back to the Future. Exactly. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Well, history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. He's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a peeping tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. Ah. Anything you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. For crying out loud, I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown... ...can help him get... Back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Whoa, this is heavy. Christopher Lloyd. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Back to the future. So that was Back to the Future, dude. Do, 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 do. No, that was wrong. That was that. wrong. That was way wrong. I've been dying to ask you, what was that? That is uh, the song Axel F, also known as the theme to Beverly Hills Cop. Oh, <laughs> that was so wrong. And it was, you know, it was it was a movie theme song. Yeah. Is Beverly Hills Cop 80s? Yeah. Is that, that, okay. You're yeah. in the right decade. Okay, cool. So, you, you know, you're... All right. Could have been worse. <laughs> Could have been worse. Oh, boy. It made me happy, so... <laughs> Okay. There's some... Yeah, the music wasn't as jazz as like you, you didn't know, like it. Electrified up as I thought it was going to oh be. My God. One of the most famous movie theme songs of all time. Had you ever heard it before? That that famous theme mm, didn't really ring a bell that much, but it did have me coming back asking myself, "Is this John Williams?" No, it it's is not, not John because it's like Williams. orchestral. And I think I hear orchestral. I hear I think eighties, and I'm going. That might be John Williams. Yeah, well, it's very John Williams esque, okay. right? Yeah. And and also you think about it because so this movie isn't directed by Spielberg. It's directed by this other person, Robert Zemeckis. Right. Um, but it has a very Spielbergy feel, right? And he's a producer. He is a producer. And I saw it there. Yeah, I didn't surprise. Sometimes you know people wrongly assume this is a Spielberg film. And so part right. of that too is that the you know the score has a kind of Spielbergy John Williams esque right. kind of tone to it, but I mean it's super well known. You know, you never heard that? Doesn't ring a bell? It's like the theme song for Universal Pictures. They must have played it on the ride. Does not spark joy. Oh my god! <laughs> You're gonna get hate mail. Uh, oh no. Okay. Fair enough. And by the way, thank you for the popcorn. I feel like I don't watch that many movies, so for you to provide popcorn too is just like next level. Dude. Doing it right, yeah, no problem. Oh my God.
All right. So um, I'll give you a little bit of background on the film. So uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale was the other person who wrote it. Mm. Uh, They shopped it around for a long time and it got rejected everywhere. And the problem was with it was that um, it, it was pitched as a teen comedy. But teen comedies at this time were a little more risque and like sexy. So like think Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Mm. But given the subject matter of this film, they didn't want to go too far with that. So okay. and we'll we'll circle around to talk about <laughs> yeah. that. Don't worry. Catchphrase of the yeah. pod. But uh, yeah. So it, ultimately, though, they showed it to St- Steven Spielberg, who really likes it. But Spielberg wasn't too sure about it either, and he was coming off a bunch of flops, so he was a little gun-shy, too, about producing something. So it gets shelved for a while. Then a Robert Zemeckis made Romancing the Stone, which was this romantic comedy with Michael Douglas. Weirdly, I just referenced it in the last pod we did about uh, The Notebook, because it was a romantic film I'd seen. Just not coincidence. I didn't even realize he directed it. but um, So that was a big hit. So now Zemeckis, having made this big hit, he's got the clout to get his dream project done, right? So he comes back around, and this time Spielberg's like, well, I'll produce it, and why don't you make it, you know? Mm -hmm. So they decide to get it made. There's a whole bunch of, like, Hollywood studio legal jujitsu that happens, but it winds (laughs) up at uh, Universal Studios. And um, they, you know, wind up deciding, we'll make this movie. So one last note that I came across about the making of this film that I thought was interesting. In the original script, the time machine was not a DeLorean. It was a refrigerator. And Marty, in order to power it in the past, Marty was going to have to use the power of a nuclear explosion to send himself back to the future. So he's going to have to take the fridge to the Nevada nuclear test site. And so... (laughs) They decided to change it because Robert Zemeckis actually got kind of worried that kids would start locking themselves in refrigerators imitating the mm. film. And do you remember mm. like all the warnings about doing that as kids? Okay, yeah. Do you remember? Did your parents no. ever warn you about that? Not really? I don't remember. There, there, I, see that. I don't think there was a huge like rash of children dying that way, but I do remember it being a specific thing that kids were warned about that. Like you can, if a refrigerator door closes when you're inside, you can get locked in and you can die that way. So, yeah. So they changed it to a car and they also figured like making it a car allows for a lot more action and like fun gags and stuff anyway. So it's, it works out better. But Spielberg remembered this whole refrigerator nuclear blast site idea and wound up recycling it in another movie he made, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Oh. And people loved it. Lost their minds. They thought it was great. Have you seen that film? That'll have to be my next my next episode. Oh, yeah. No, given all the films you haven't seen, we should absolutely make right. that one the next one. <laughs> wow. Well, anyways, uh, it was not a well... The people did not like it. I was being sarcastic. The DeLorean, though. Yeah. The DeLorean, I did not realize... I mean, some ignorant to cars, too, not just movies. But yeah, it's I a did car. not realize it's a model of a car. Yeah, like a car brand. Yeah, so and it's a cool one too with the the swing doors. Yeah, they, uh, the 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 bird wing gull wing doors. So wild. Wait, hang on, I can look it, it up. Left me with so many questions. I, but it also DeLorean goes with the product placement. Something that stood out to me was gull wing doors. Yes, there is a ton of 
product placement. Like, Although not were... for DeLorean because they were out of business by then. Right. But I, but even then, they like there was a lot of um, references to like cultural references. Oh, of course. Even oh, yeah. Though, like, even just it wasn't for money. But clearly this was brought to you by like Pepsi and Miller. Right. But it's such yeah. a like good way to integrate it into the movie. Oh, so good. Because it's and actually just, important to, you yeah. know, the, the different brands are cultural touchstones that lets him orient himself where he is totally it was perfect and also for me now to see that miller high life still has the same branding oh yeah still the same bottle classic classic that's why they're the best beer and miller light brought to you by (laughs) miller light miller high life the sponsor this week (laughs) i'm just gonna do a quick break for an ad read um Okay, so uh, let's talk about the director, Robert Zemeckis. Do you know who this guy is? Not at all. Okay. I'm going to read to you a few of the other films he's made. Okay. Let's see if you know any. Okay. Romancing the Stone. No. Okay. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Fuck yeah. You seen it? Huge fan, and Christopher Lloyd was in that too. I was... I was- Totally wrong about calling him last name Christopher guy. Yeah. Earlier. <laughs> last last name Christopher guy. Close. <laughs> And then I find out, oh, yeah, I see the first thing I see is Christopher Lloyd. I'm like, fuck. Well. I definitely called that wrong. But, but you, could, you got close. Yeah. But you know what? I just love his, like, facial features. To me, it's almost oh, like course. pre-Jim Carrey. Like, like, he just has, like, such a crazy zany way. And in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Especially, well, he did was, terrifying, That too. was awful. Oh, my God. But nightmares forever. I, I actually watched that a bunch when I was a kid. And you were right two first names, though. That's, mm, that's right. Lloyd, yep. I did have that. Um, he also made Death Becomes Her. No. Uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> heard of that little bitty. Ever heard of a little movie <laughs> called Forrest Gump? <laughs> have you seen it? Oh, fuck yeah. You like it? Mm-hmm. Um, Thought about reading the book. There's a book? Yeah, and it's like written in the vernacular. Oh, man. I know. That must be tough. The slog. Um... <laughs> Castaway, Wilson. Yeah, uh, Contact. No, and then uh, one more I'll mention: The Polar Express. I think so. Did have Robin Williams in it? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks and another Tom Hanks. Okay, he likes Tom Hanks. He does. Oh, yeah. So one thing you might notice with these films is that Robert Zemeckis is really big on like innovative special effects and like visual technology Mm. and like sometimes it works incredibly well like in this Mm. movie and who framed roger rabbit sometimes it doesn't work great like in the polar Mm. express Mm. which you may or may not have seen might not remember yeah not not the most visually pleasing of films but uh, he's he's a very good director especially uh some of his early work like you know roger rabbit and this so good 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 director nice so the cast of this movie. We uh, mentioned Christopher Lloyd. What'd you think of him in this movie? Awesome, dude. Right? And I totally saw the the Rick. Yeah, Rick yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, Except he's, a- he's their relationship is not as abusive in this film as in Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's not as toxic. Right, right. But mm. it's, it's just more modern, you know, updated to... Yeah, I know Rick and Morty is. Anders. Yeah. Yeah, everything's Although- darker and worse. I was impressed to see Doc, like, one of the first things he said was, like, watch this shit or something. It was, like, somewhat expletive. Like, I didn't yeah, think there was, was going to be a swear. There's swears in this. There's some swears. Yeah. There was, like, 
we'll get into this later too but like the freudian thing going on like it was a little oh, racier yeah. oh yeah and more expletive than i thought it was gonna be so mm-hmm. yeah don't worry we're gonna talk about it i also just want to point out that uh, christopher lloyd is of course best known for his guest appearances on the disney channel and of green gables show avonlea mm. means uh, nothing to me <laughs> don't worry about it <laughs> That's basically for me and nobody else. Um, Fun fact, they originally wanted to have John Lithgow in this part. Whoa. But uh, he was busy doing a Buckaroo Banzai. So Christopher Lloyd in the most iconic performance of his career and a lot of a lot of Hollywood. So worked out fine. So then we've got Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly. Correct prediction, Eric. Yeah. What'd you think? It was great to see him young. Yeah. Handsome and like the same, like these kind of mannerisms. Um, I, I did, I thought there'd be more like Michael J. Foxy moments. What do you mean by that? I don't know. Like the exasperated, um, a little more family ties. Family ties. Like, I don't know. Like it was fine. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. I guess I wasn't super wowed. Really? I thought he was super charming, especially in the past when he's like trying to teach his dad how to like be cool. Yeah, you don't know. I, you know what? I don't know if it's that that I don't like, or if it's that like an eighties uh, protagonist. Is that the right word? Yeah, he definitely has an eighties cool it's kid like thing going such on. Such the eighties protagonist that I've seen. Yeah, before in the limited movies I've seen. But if know? you think like, about it, he's the one providing the blueprint for that. In a lot of ways. Okay. I yeah. mean, you know, it's mid-80s at this point, but so many, uh, you know, what we think of as the 80s protagonists are basically doing a Marty McFly. Right. You know? I gotta, okay. Yeah, that's, it's always unfortunate when that happens in history. Oh, well, unfortunate. You, or, you or for, for, yeah, I mean. It's just interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's always cool to see the source material. See where it came from. 100%. Yeah. Now, Originally, they actually cast this other guy named Eric Stoltz in the role, and they actually shot for almost a month with this dude before they were watching the dailies, the like, you know, just the raw footage from the day. And they were like, it's just not working out because the the problem with him that they saw was that um, Eric Stoltz was doing really well in the dramatic parts, but they didn't think he was funny enough. They didn't think he could handle the funny lighter moments quite as well. So they decided to recast the role which meant burning everything that they'd shot so far which cost like millions of dollars you know they just you know they had to scrap all of it it was worthless because they had a new lead actor right but you know it worked out so good choice in the end so brady situation a little bit it was yeah it was it was a brave choice but it was the right choice you know hurt yeah 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 uh but you can find the original footage with eric stoltz online if you want to try and find it so you can see yeah and it's some of the same scenes like you know you see him like on the in the town square like being amazed walking around it's pretty interesting you should check it out then a few others just to point them out so we've got leah thompson playing lorraine baines mcfly marty's mom she was fly bombshell oh she was fly, McFly. Yes, she was. Oh man, she she rocked that fifties look good. Yes, indeed. And she was, you know, she was cute. She didn't have, I mean, she was kind of a limited part, you know, as is the fate of a lot of female actors at this time. 
Yeah. Not much to do but be the love interest, but she does pretty well with it. I like seeing young Lorraine, man. You know, she's got that, <laughs> y- yeah, that like. Yeah, me too. Tigress, like feminist, upcoming, like, you know, she can also party too. She gets down with the. She can party. The, That's the true. Biffs of the best of them. She's not quite as uh, hot as she is later in her career when she does Howard the Duck, but uh, still very pretty. Howard the Duck. Yeah, that's a different movie that she's in. Don't worry about it. Uh, okay, I'm worried. Crispin okay. Glover plays George McFly. Mm. Mm. Oh, George, right. He gives good nerd. Young George? Yeah, young. Well, they, both, both Leah Thompson and Crispin Glover play both young and old mom and dad McFly. Whoa. They're just in old age makeup. That actually wasn't super apparent to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then, good job with the old age makeup then. What the? Or maybe Damn. bad job. Maybe they were so caked you didn't recognize them. <laughs> But yeah, the same same actors. But what'd you think? Uh, what'd you think of George? Oh, <laughs> to see the dynamic aspect of George was awesome, and I didn't see them taking it there. Like when we got back to the eighties, yeah, I thought it was going to be more about how did Marty and um, Doc meet? Oh, because that wow. to me is the big question mark that was never even answered. It's true. I was like, wait, wait, wait. So how did they meet again in the 80s? Like before what we saw, you know, so I'm like, wow. That that to me pondered, like I was like, so I thought that's where it was going. And then it went in the direction of how the family aspect could change. And, um, and I actually, I got, I showed you, dude, I got goosebumps. Yeah, yeah I'm you did. emotional like that. Oh, it's cute. Uh, lastly. I went off. That was just about George, right? Like yeah. I just went off about george dude i'm sorry like yeah, that he I connected with you that ability to be dynamic cool i don't know cool. to me that always is like why i like walter white mm. yeah you like seeing a change in a character change in a character an arc if you will dynamic is how i was taught in i think ninth grade hmm okay okay reading the odyssey <laughs> yes yeah uh, the last person I'll just mention here is uh, Thomas F. Wilson as Biff Tannen. Mm, Biff. Biff. That dick. Wow. He's a good dick. I'll give him that. Yeah. <laughs> He's a rapist, bro. Yes, he is. Rapist. Yes, That's he is. Cool. And, you know, they kind of karma that, you know? They did. Um, pl- I mean, maybe not as much as it deserves. Right. But, but- you know... His life winds up being shitty, so I guess it works out well. Right. Mm. I wonder how Lorraine and George got together the first time. Like, did Biff actually go through with the... No, no, no. They they explain it over the dinner table that it's similar to how she meets Marty, that it's uh, George who gets hit by the car, and she's taking care of him, and they wind up going oh. to the dance. Oh, that's so seamless. Yeah, so that's where um whoa. It inter- like that's where his intersecting with the story starts messing everything up as he pushes George out of the way and gets that's hit cool. by the car instead. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um all right. Well, I think this is a good point to start talking about the actual plot of the film. Sweet. Talk about the movie. So, film starts I forgot about all the uh, ticking clock imagery at the beginning oh, of the like, film. Like the Rude Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Long well, so we're in Doc Brown's uh, lab house. And I, it's such an 80s thing, I think, to have uh, inventors with all of these shitty inventions. 
that are like you say like all like these robotic com- arms yeah and, and yeah. complicated rube goldberg yeah. devices that don't work right like uh, it's in gremlins has that too and i'm sure oh. plenty of other films that i'm forgetting but it's just such an 80s trope the shitty inventions of the wackadoo inventor and logan airport what logan airport has rube goldberg machines oh like that's that. and, and i love them dated. so much they look yeah. like really 80s no they're really cool though i feel like 80s rube goldberg machines was like no, you know, I the golden era. I, anytime I flew anywhere, I always stood by those and watched them for like hours. Hundred percent. Yeah, no, they're so cool. So to uh, see this was an awesome throwback. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so we meet Marty, and we discover that he has a relationship with this old inventor named Doc, and uh, it is kind of a weird relationship. You're right that we never find out how they met, and it is kind of weird. It's been commented on that, like, it's a little bizarre how you have this high school kid who just hangs out with this old crazy man. And we don't really find out how they meet. I mean, I think we can assume that because Doc Brown, like, knows Marty from the past and, like, knows he has to form the relationship, he, like, set it in motion that they'd meet and start to, like, form the relationship. We just don't see how it happens. There's a whole movie there. Probably, yeah. The way you're saying probably makes me think they didn't hit it in the sequels. I don't know. How no many spoilers? Se- <laughs> There's two. How many sequels? There's two. Yeah. So it's a trilogy. Trilogy. That's what those are called. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah go on. So yeah, Marty comes in. He toys around with a very big amp. <laughs> oh man, so comically large and just like fictional. <laughs> That's not even like, an invention. It's just like I love this. Why would you build an amp that big? What's the director's name again? Robert Zemeckis. Zemeckis. Is this like a is does he have like a set guy, like a prop guy? That's what I want to know. Is like cuz in uh Roger Rabbit too. Like there's just like so zany. He does have a very uh excellent visual style. Yeah, it's so it's so unique, you know? Like really hasn't I don't think and he's very I think funny. He's peerless. Peerless? Really? I might go there. Oh, damn. I think I'm, I'm thinking about going there. Nice. Nice. Okay. Well, anyway, so Doc Brown calls, tells him to meet him later that night at the Twin Pines Mall. Meantime, Marty's got to get to school, and we get our uh, ride through town to the tune of The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News. <laughs> And uh, we get a whole bunch of cool shit happening here. So we've got Marty riding his skateboard through town, holding mm. the back of various cars, which is cool as shit. Fucking dope. And we also get this opportunity to see the whole town and establish it in the mm. 80s. And it sucks because it's the 80s. Mm-hmm. This whole rundown, shitty town center, the city oh. square. But all those cool brands. The like clock doesn't even fucking work. I know. The fucking clock's broken. And it's been broken for 30 years. <laughs> fix the goddamn clock already uh so he gets to school late and we get another 80s trope which is the uh principal who is weirdly aggressive and personally invested in hating his students yeah he like eskimo kissed oh does he um, <laughs> well he yeah, gets so, yeah, he's so much gets in his so face so close that yeah. the nose is touched god damn why does he hate this kid so much but like to an unprofessional degree and to the degree where he just tells him right to his face. It's the 80s, man. I guess. What a weird era. A terrible time to be in school, apparently. So, as a part of all this, uh, Marty tries to get his band into the Battle of the Bands. Oh, and we learn about his frustrated uh, creative ambitions as a musician. He gets rejected, of course. But um, 
he goes, hangs out with his girlfriend in the town square, and this is where we learned that the clock tower was hit by lightning 30 years ago. Remember this. It'll be important. You actually, you caught into it right away. Good ear for the important stuff for someone who doesn't watch movies very often. Thank you for calling me out on that, dude. I felt like humble bragging a few times and didn't, but you're just doing it for me, so this is good. Oh, my pleasure. I'll just sit here. Yes. Keep, keep going. This is nice. I like cool, cool. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. So Marty goes home. And we see his shitty home life. So, number one, we see this asshole Biff is braiding his meek, wimpy nerd dad. And, God, Biff sucks. He does that, like, stupid-ass, like, got-your-nose-like bullshit with, like, Mm -hmm. knocking your, yeah. Something on your shoe. Yeah, that's that's stupid bullshit. Uh, He also calls him a butthead, which is, I've, I've mentioned this before, where, like, there was this weird like insult trend of it, it being something head that I never really found to be very effective. Oh yeah. Hey, butthead. Hey, lizard brain. Yeah, like yeah. none of that stuff ever really worked for me. It always felt weak. Yeah. Again, well, so eighties, but he does leave on a pretty brutal line. Say hi to your mom for me. Oh, Biff. Uh, which, uh, I, however, gi- one. given what we were talking about earlier, does have some pretty horrible connotations. Not that ne- necessarily anything happened, but just that he, you know, oh, has aggressive true, intentions. True, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so then we do meet Mom, and Mom is not doing great. She's an alcoholic. She's overweight. She's covered in old age makeup. You couldn't even recognize her. <laughs> She's a bit of a prude. She doesn't want Marty going out with his girlfriend. And uh, her brother's in jail, Uncle Joey. Jailbird Joey. Yeah. But she does tell a nice romantic story about how she and George first met. That's right. Which I guess you caught maybe part of, because you did recognize some of it, but maybe not the car hitting part. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important because it's how Marty knows what to do later. Oh. Night comes, and we go to the Twin Pines Mall, and we meet Doc Brown for the first time. And Einstein, the dog! Yay. Um, he does talk with that crazy cadence you were uh, alluding oh, yeah. to. Do you want to give it a try again, <laughs> now that you've actually seen the real thing? Marty, we're going to go back to the clock. Save the clock, 1955. All right. You know. I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um. To refer to your prediction, they do go back in time more than they go forward. Mm. Um, there was no ancient Egypt in this movie, Eric. <laughs> um, I do believe you were thinking of Indiana Jones when you said that. Oh, that's what it is. But, you know, you're probably thinking like, you know, it's like how people sometimes confuse Zemeckis and Spielberg. You're probably getting those movies confused. You know, yeah. similar time period. Yeah. I'm thinking. Mid-80s. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's all right. You know, and I also noticed that we're only traveling time. We're not traveling location. Place, yeah. So that's very important, and that's something that I did not realize. Right. But I do think if we're, I do think that if we're going to bring it over to Rick and Morty, don't they bring it to like all dimensions? Yeah, right? they can. They like, can they go, go well in Rick and Morty. I don't think they can do time. Right. They can just oh, do. Really? place or dimension so they can teleport to anywhere in their dimension and anywhere in any other dimension but they can't do different times time and they play on it that way right okay yeah okay so i thought it was going to be a little bit more like that like alternate universe so i guess 
a lesson I'm learning is not to start with Rick and Morty. <laughs> Maybe it's not a terrible yeah, place yeah. to start. <laughs> but hey, that's just how it happens. So no, it's happened. I don't know. It led you right in a lot of ways. You got the central yeah. dynamic more no. or less correct. So, you know, I think you're all right. But uh, the other big introduction we get here is to the time machine, the DeLorean, which, uh, so was it what you were expecting? It was exactly what I was expecting. From the ride, I think. Right on. Yeah, yeah. 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 It was, um, yeah, so the DeLorean is a brand of car. It was already bankrupt by 1985, so interesting reference already. And we're introduced to the flux capacitor, the key invention that makes the time travel thing work. There's another quick 80s trope in here when he's demonstrating it. Also, by the way, Doc Brown is inexcusably cavalier about his dog's safety. Yeah. <laughs> Being a dog professional, I was very concerned for Einstein. And I, just being a lover I, of dogs. Yeah. I, I, was I was very like, upset. This does not seem legit. No, even even ignoring the time travel, true. just putting your dog in a car and then driving it around with an RC remote feels very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. um, so the key here is you have to get the car up to 88 miles per hour and then it'll travel through time. Had you ever seen the time travel effect before with like the burning mm-hmm. tire Street uh, tire marks going down the street, especially one the one from the fifties where he actually goes back to the future. Oh, like, the last that one was particularly iconic. I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah not yeah. so much the first one. So here's a quick digression I want to take. It's a question that I want to ask you. So and you know it's something they talk about very briefly in this scene. You have a time machine. Where do you go? All right, this time you can use it I can one go time. To locations. Yeah, you can go to locations and back, and I can come back. And you can come back. And let's say you'll be perfectly safe the whole time, and you don't have to worry about speaking the language. All right, so, Ooh. but you can only use it one time. You get one trip to do something. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be one of the people who tries to interrupt. You can't you know, change anything. I'm not going to change history. I'm not going to go that route. No, just um, to visit. Where do you, What do you want to see? I'm legitimately going back to uh, Neanderthal. Really? Yeah. What do you want to see? That's a really interesting answer. Yeah, I just want to know. I'm, I am personally fascinated with that sort of history of Earth. Uh-huh. So I kind of want to go there and just see what we're all doing. Like maybe like, I mean, you know, what are the copper age? Is that is that were we Neanderthals then? Bronze age. Bronze age. Well, the bronze age, age, we've already got civilization. Yeah, I I mean, I want to go back to like we just invented the wheel. Yeah, kind of shit. Like pre-language, maybe. What's happening? I I want to know what is happening around the time the wheel was made. Wow, cool answer. That'd be very interesting to see. I don't know. I just that's all I can think about. Yeah, I mean. It'd be interesting to see if you could, like, Jane Goodall it, you know, like, be an anthropologist. <laughs> With the Neanderthal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's good. I, I think I could. I'm a pretty good dog trainer, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we owe it all I to know. you. We don't know. <laughs> it's B.F. Skinner, man. <laughs> B.F. Skinner. You, you love that guy. You, know, you, know you are how, weirdly into that guy. You know how much I love B.F.? Um, well, oh, speaking yeah. for myself... Uh, I have a lot of things that I think I'd want to see, but I do think th- that what this movie raises, not the sexual part, okay, get your head out of the gutter, but I do think that it would actually be very, very interesting to meet my parents younger 
Ooh, yeah. Like go like back while they were still together, or before they even knew each other. Even before, like meet wow. my dad as a teenager, or yeah. my mom, like in her early twenties. Just kind of like I'd be very curious to see what they were like. Did they meet? Um, I think they got set up on a date. Really? Is, uh, how they met? Mutual yeah. friend? Yeah, mutual friend. So that's dope. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, <laughs> Pre-Tinder, bro. I know, right? It's barbaric. It's like the Neanderthal age. <laughs> But um, while that's that would be interesting, I think ultimately I, you know, I have such a ancient Rome fetish. I think I'd have to go back. I knew you were going. There. I have to. I that knew, has to be it. I I heavily thought about it too. Yeah, I heavily thought about it too because just after seeing the Roman ruins um, in in Morocco, it was like yeah, super eye opening to see how you know advanced they were. So yeah. I would I know you would be just fucking down. all over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, fun digression there. But um, anyway, so back to the movie. We find out that the time machine is powered by plutonium, <laughs> which he has stolen from Libyan terrorists. Again, very cavalier about some very serious, dangerous shit. Right. Especially in the 80s, like Cold War going on. There was shit know, going on with like... Libya specifically. I mean, I'm sure that's why they're written into the movie, but right, uh, right. it treats them pretty lightly as uh, a threat. Ultimately, <laughs> I just I like to think too. Um, on the dashboard, I'm pretty. I could have been reading it wrong, but I'm pretty sure on the dashboard, one of the gauges reads a Rontgen. <laughs> so I keep imagining that there's a version of this movie that ends up being like Chernobyl. Oh god! But anyway, so the Libyans find him and they fucking blow him away. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. They blow him away. But hold on, you just kind of got me going because the DeLorean gets upgraded. Yeah, at right. The end. Like we notice at the end, like where we're going, we don't need roads. That was the yeah. quote, man. That was yes, the quote. it is. And this thing can actually like hover and everything now. I noticed he was also like powering it with what seemed to be like garbage, renewable energy, like garbage. So that was sort of a, a to me like a indication of moving from nuclear to more sustainable well energy maybe maybe i'm reading into that but. i think it's possible eric that you may go on to watch back to the future too mm-hmm. so i don't really want to spoil the movie okay but talking in general terms i will say that the movie maybe depicts a version of the future that is a little more advanced and a little bit better than what we actually achieved <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> Given what you saw of the DeLorean's okay. upgrades, okay? okay. <laughs> but you'll be the judge of that when you finally see Back to the Future 2. Maybe we'll heard, have you back heard, for that. Heard. I like it. Yeah. But so anyway, so Doc Brown is tragically murdered by getting machine gunned in the chest. Or so we think. Or so we think. Uh, and Marty escapes in the DeLorean. And he goes back in time. Woo! And this is where we get that theme music, which mm-hmm. is not uh, the Beverly Hills Cop theme, but it's still pretty <laughs> rousing. Marty winds up in the middle of nowhere because most of his town hasn't even been built yet, including his street. Uh, but he winds up in the town, town in the town square, which is way nicer in the fifties. Right, isn't run down and shitty yet, and it's like what a head trip. Crazy man. But the funny thing was is that his whole reaction to looking around the town and seeing all the different storefronts 
and everything like that was exactly the same as your comments looking at the first run through the town yeah. at the 1980s <laughs> storefronts. It was because it, it's basically the same amount of time that's passed too. I was like, oh, throwback. Yeah. I know it was. It was funny the mirroring it that happened so right meta. in front of me. It yeah. was so meta, dude. It, I was just like, yeah, I, it I keeps happening. Found it pretty funny. Yeah. So he goes into an old timey ice cream shop, malt shop. Not old timey yet, I guess. Right. Um. First, he tries to order a tab, then a Pepsi free, and then <laughs> something without sugar. Pepsi free. And then he wow. meets young dad and young Biff. Uh, dad is kind of a meek nerd, but given what we've seen of him in the future, not to be unexpected, mm-hmm. Biff's an asshole. Mm-hmm. Marty also gives a african-american employee of the ice cream shop the Mm. idea to run for mayor one day and he's like goldie wilson's gonna run for mayor one day and we get the comment in the background a colored mayor that'll be the day now i that's basically all there is in terms of like throwing something out there related to the racial politics Mm -hmm. of the 1950s Mm -hmm. i mean we get kind of a racial slur later Mm -hmm. but um that's kind of it although i guess given that it's a child's movie Really, I guess it's good that they at least acknowledged it at all. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it paints a pretty rosy picture. I think that that's basically yeah. the limit. And it was cool to see that in the malt shop because you had already previously seen his, that he was running for mayor, right? Or reelect. In, in the future. In the future. Back yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, earlier in the movie. Right, right. Yeah, so yeah, he makes so it. So it was good to know that, like, that guy who doubted the colored... Yeah, you know, man, the racist shop, old like, guy's wrong. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, go suck it. Yeah, I do like that. Michael J. Fox was really good about finessing. You know, I mean, I guess I should say Marty. Uh, he was good at finessing people into good ideas. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, he's really slick. That's the thing I like about like, him. He didn't just he's... set up his parents. Like he changed the course of their life. Yeah, I mean, you he know, didn't the... really intend to. But he's just that fly, bro. I know, he's McFly. McFly, bro. You guys just gotta drop the Mick. <laughs> Marty Fly. I don't know. I think the Mick is necessary. Like, Marty Fly. Marty McFly. Marty McFly. The alliteration really makes it sing. I know. You know it's so good. You, yeah, I think you need it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he follows his dad, discovers, unfortunately, that his dad is a peeping Tom, and then he starts to fuck things up by pushing his dad out of the way of the car. He gets hit by the car, and this is where we get the beginning of our Oedipal saga. Eric, did you were you expecting this element in this movie? Did you think there would be a whole Freudian aspect, a mother-son romance in this famous, beloved classic from our childhoods? Negative. <laughs> Negatory. <laughs> No, it was super uncomfortable. I think you saw me writhing around, and that was... You were pretty shocked. I was shocked, because I just didn't think they would go there, necessarily. I guess it was, like, in ways a little racier than I thought it would be. Right? As as a whole. Because they really went with that in the plot line. Like, it wasn't just like a... No, it's not just a throwaway thing. It is the core plot of the entire film. The whole film is built around it. Like, as much as this film could be called Back to the Future, it could just as easily be called Don't Fuck Your Mom. (laughs) Like, it is the central conflict of the film, basically. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. Don't fuck your mom. Great Scott Great Marty. Great we Scott. have a mission to keep you from fucking your mom. Oh, man. Okay. Now, that's if he does have sex with his mom. Then we get the sexy Axel Foley. And then you can drop the Mick, and it would just be his porn name Marty Fly. Marty Oh, my God. I think you know, we've I think we've really figured this one out. It's his stepmom in in that film. Oh yeah, well for yeah, a modern a, day porn right. scenario, it's his stepmom. Yeah. <laughs> now oh, now man. he's getting racy. <laughs> I know. How I just want to know how many times we can bring porn up in uh, Better Late Than Ever. At least twice. At least twice now. Yeah. Yeah. At least twice and this season. Every other time I come back on, we'll try it. Um, so she thinks his name is Calvin Klein because it's written all over his underwear. Oh, yeah, that was good. And we get this scene and we get, I think, the highest amount of gags per minute in terms of time travel jokes in this scene where he's meeting his mom mm-hmm. and hanging out with her family. Mm-hmm. Like we get baby Uncle Joey. Get yeah. used to those bars, kid. Bar. <laughs> hanging out in his crib. <laughs> and just like, oh, my God, there's just so many time travel jokes. I kind of love it. Though. one. Oh, yeah. But that comes later. Oh, that wasn't in that moment. Oh, no, okay. no, no. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. But anyway, so he he gets the hell out of there as fast as he can, and he goes to meet past Doc Brown. Mm-hmm. Now, here's a question. So you're in, you're let's say you're stuck in the past, and you have one guy who can help you, and you have to convince him to help uh-huh. you. How do you convince someone that you're from the future? Hmm. I liked his move. The ID. The ID didn't work. He thought it was just a fake. What what he says that ultimately works is oh. he repeats the story of how he came up with the idea for the flux capacitor, which is something that only Doc Brown would have right, known. Right. So he had inside information on this That's guy. Right. But like, let's say you're just like you just have to convince someone else and you don't have that available. Like, what is something you would try to do to convince them you were from the future, you think? Because hmm. it's hard, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, Doc Brown's right. You can fake shit, especially, you know, now. But I mean, I guess you're in the past, right? So whatever. But what could you say? Mm. Mm. I don't know. I was just thinking about it during the scene. It would be really so hard because he tries, right? He gives a good shot. And we get this. Uh, we You wanted um, you, one of your hopes was for time Easter eggs. And you get one here where he's like, who's the president? Ronald Reagan. The yeah. actor. Yeah. <laughs> Get out Which of a here. lot of kids probably don't even know these days. That Ronald Reagan was an actor? Yeah. Or maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, I know it, but I'm not a kid, so. That's true. That's true. Do kids even know that Ronald Reagan was a president? I mean, how many Great presidents question. back could you name? Because a kid now would be like someone born, let's say a kid born 10 years mm. after Ronald Reagan. So who was president 10 years before you were born in 1974? Carter. Was it Carter? I think it was Nixon. Was it Nixon? Yeah. Yeah. Let's look it up. You're right. <laughs> Carter was after that. And then it was Reagan in 80, I think. In, uh, Nixon was president until 74. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nixon was until 74. And then he would have been followed and by uh, Ford. Because you, you get Ford as the vice president taking over yeah, for a while. Yeah, kids are definitely not going to know Reagan. And then Carter. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, we're idiots, though, so. (laughs) 
maybe a smart kid would know. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so. Um, we get a whole bunch of like key catchphrase lines here. So we get talk about the flux capacitor, 1.21 gigawatts. Great Scott. <laughs> Had you heard that one? Had you heard Great that Scott? That was amazing. And what a great venue too. Is that the same thing? What? The venue in Boston called Great Scott. Oh, I don't know if and it's I named for that. If that was probably it's a great rock venue, man. And I'm like, oh yeah, Great Scott. That's a, where does that come from? Probably <laughs> from this. <laughs> but was it a thing before this? Or this is like a, they put this on the map. They put Great Scott on the map. That's true. Yeah, no, great. He was actually referencing the Boston music venue when he said <laughs> yeah. that. It was his favorite place to rock out. Christopher Lloyd was actually a famous rock star before he uh, made this movie. Um, but then we also get uh, the line that maybe I was trying to lead you into saying that mm. they need to get him back to the future. <laughs> Not off to the galaxy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Close. <laughs> it was all right there, right in front of me. It was oh. too obvious. It was maybe too that, ob- was the, maybe that was the problem. It was too it was obvious. Too obvious. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. Yes, and I yeah. was like, wait. But you know you were right. I almost got there. But what did I say? Back to the gal- out to the galaxy. The one that I knew, that I knew I knew was uh, roads. Where we're going, we don't need roads. That's yeah. the only one that I might have known. Back to the future. I don't. That one. Back to the future. Didn't really. No. Doesn't resonate with me. No. Oh, all right. Well, I mean, you'd heard of the movie. Of course. You just didn't know they yeah, said yeah. the title in the movie. I didn't movie. think about it in that tonation. Sure, you know? sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, two other key things in this scene that come out. One, they need a bolt of lightning in order to right. power the car because they don't have plutonium. And two... You're right. He was... I'm sorry. He was really bothered by 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> yeah. 1.21 gigawatts. Where are we going to get that? Hopefully he was pacing. And I it's love... A lot of, it's dude, a lot of power. Christopher Lloyd's like, crazy moments are so good. It's They're iconic like, performance, man. Palpably good, bro. Like, just 1.21 gigawatts. Oh. Okay, I'm sorry. So, yes, they needed lightning. And, though, the other thing they notice is one of the things Marty tries is he shows him this photo, and then they notice in the scene that... The photo is changing. His family is disappearing mm-hmm. in the photo because Correct. he's messed up time. His parents aren't getting together anymore, which means the family isn't going to happen. And I got to say, like, when I saw this as a kid, the people disappearing from the photo and then him kind of mm-hmm. starting to disappear later, that scared the fuck out of me as a kid. I was so terrified by that. Like, I had nightmares about it when his hand starts to disappear and just like... I could. I had trouble looking at photos for a while, and it was good for the time. Oh, the effects, the good effects. Yeah, yeah, totally. Good well, that's effect. Robert Zemeckis, man. And He's great at that shit. Pretty ahead of his time. Yes. To be honest. Yeah, that's what the dude's known for. Who, who's the one that did uh, Sixth Sense? That's M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, it almost seemed. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad comparison, but mm. it almost seemed like they're playing with what you see. Um, I don't think it is a bad comparison. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it was, it kept, it was, I felt it was really ahead of its time and good photoshopping. I was <laughs> yes. impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. 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 Um, no, but, but to, with M. Night Shyamalan, you know, the thing that people always say as sort of like a first level, you know, thing about his style is that he's very Spielberg esque. Really? 
Yeah, and so um, you know you can say that about Zemeckis too. Okay. So through the transitive property, you can say that Shyamalan and Zemeckis are also kind of similar. Um, All about transitive, dude. Nice. Oh yeah, totally. So they go to the school, and somehow a student who does not go to this high school and an old man are able to walk around this 1950s high school like nobody's <laughs> business without being bothered or stopped by anyone. Questioned, but that's okay. Yeah. Because it gives them time for Doc Brown to be really judgy and catty about what a nerd Marty's dad is, <laughs> which I fucking love. So he just, he, he keep, and it so keeps good. up through the whole movie so that Doc Brown is like, just like, what a dork. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But so anyway, uh, Marty realizes he's got to set his parents up to go to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance, right? Because, right. uh, you know, it'll match their story of first meeting. They'll fall in love and things will go back to normal. So he goes and he hangs out with his dad and he learns that, you know, he and his dad, they aren't really all that different. You know, his dad has thwarted creative ambitions too. the same, the same fears, the same insecurities about not being good enough. You know, they're, they're actually quite yeah. similar. He gets to, this is why I'm saying, I think it would be interesting to yeah. go back and meet my parents. Cause like, you know, in any parent child relationship, there's only so much that a parent is actually going to share with their child mm, about who they really are, you know? So like to catch your parent in a more like, unguarded way my you know, god so interesting right oh my god i yeah. feel like i know 10 percent, maybe right i know so anyway we also get a uh, you know some early warning signs that biff is kind of a maybe a bit of a rapist <laughs> yeah i think definitely a rapist yeah i think we can yeah say that. all over bully bully in general of oh, all absolutely. sorts like equal opportunist bully definitely female and male yeah but marty stands up to him and lorraine likes that but Mar- Marty's got to counteract that. So he, he he works George up to get the courage to ask her out with a little help from some headphones, some Van Halen, and some Star Wars and Star Trek references yeah. in order to trick him into thinking he was visited by an alien. But he knew that he was writing that book about true. It like, does the sci-fi later. book. Yeah. Because he knows Marty McFly, baby. He knows how to finesse him. Nothing wasted in this movie, man. It all comes back you one way what? or another. I was too hard on Michael J. Fox earlier. Yes, you were. I was. I take it back. Good. I do. I take it back. Like The more we're going over this, I'm like, damn. Well, are you talking about Michael J. Fox or are you talking about Marty McFly? Oh, man. Marty McFly. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, they're one and the same. So you you are talking about both clearly. Marty, <laughs> man, you love Marty. <laughs> love Marty, and rightly so. Lorraine asks Marty to the dance because she likes that Marty is you know tough, masculine, sticks up for his girl. She likes mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. and we go the enchantment under the sea dance. We're there. Mm-hmm. Marty uh, Marty takes her, and he discovers that mom likes to drink, which oh he's yeah. not thrilled about because he knows where it goes in the future, mm-hmm. right? becomes a problem mm-hmm. but nonetheless she fucking lays one on him <laughs> do you think you would ever get to that point deep deep no i couldn't have done it i couldn't know definitely i'm no mcfly well no. he doesn't kiss her she kisses him but did you think the no, movie but he would go was, there to have them actually kiss he was doing it for the greater good you know he was doing it for his dad that was that was setting up the date i think he was trying really hard not to let that kiss actually happen Right. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, no, no. De- definitely. But I don't even know that I, me personally, could put myself in that situation. Oh, <laughs> tell me about it. Oh, man. It felt like that tense. You're right. Dude. That was one of the main 
tensions in the movie. Mm-hmm. That was one of the. <laughs> Don't I fuck see- your mother. <laughs> fortunately though mom's mom's aware because she says kissing him is like kissing her brother yes so she feels it and she's not interested anymore thank god i wonder if that really happens with incest does it feel different i don't fucking know eric (laughs) tell me day yeah i i don't know like it just all Maybe you have to do to find alert. out is to watch 90% of the porn on Pornhub at the moment. <laughs> so I think we should be good. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh so, so that works out okay. But then Biff shows up again. And Biff's being a real asshole. Oh, uh, we left a scene out. How could we do a, that? A very important scene. My what God. Scene was that? How dare we? So Marty gets George to work up the stones to ask Lorraine out. But during the scene... We get one of the most famous scenes in this movie and, dare I say, Hollywood history, which is where Marty and Biff come into conflict Mm. and then Marty Mm. escapes him by inventing the skateboard, inventing skateboarding, (laughs) skateboarding through the entire town square in front of everybody, and then running over and through Biff's car jumping out of the way onto the skateboard so that Biff slides out of control into a truck full of manure, getting covered in manure in front of everybody, and then slick as a whistle, riding that skateboard away and showing oh, everyone in town so good. what a cool motherfucker he is. What a great fucking scene. It is so good, dare How I say. How did we forget that? I don't know. But I will tell you, it was so good. And especially now that you're reliving it, making me relive it. Like, first of all, I've seen a lot of skate films, a lot of skate videos. And that was a fucking dope session right there. Right? Some he, good skating? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, I think it started by them, uh, Biff's truck, pushing him backwards. So he's like skating backwards being pushed by a car. Yep. And then he That runs, was fucking dope. I've never seen that in a skate over video. it. And then he runs that's right. So yeah, no, definitely never seen that in a skate video, bro. And I, so first of all, it's a great skate film. But then on top of that, I thought it was like really good at being like super 80s. Like it just felt like like yeah. ultimate 80s moment. Yet it was in the 50s and it was also like very 50s, it was like very like kind of almost greaser. Yeah. To like yeah, the way yeah, like, yeah. and then like, you, of course you run and they said, the last thing they say is, oh shit. And of course it's like actual manure. Nice touch. Pouring into their car. They're like, we'll get you McFly. We'll get you. It was crazy. Fun fact about that little bit. So the guy who plays Biff later uh, became a stand-up comic. Really? And he has this whole bit in his stand-up about how people are constantly asking him about whether or not it was real manure <laughs> in that scene and how exasperating it is. And he, he, he's he got a whole song he wrote about it where the whole wow. point of the song is basically really? like, hey, it was a movie. <laughs> it wasn't real. <laughs> It wasn't real, okay? It's fake manure. Anyway, the problem, though, with the scene is that he looked so awesome to the whole town and to nobody more than to his mom, who is so hot for him now. Mama Bear. Yeah. So she follows him and she asks him to the dance. No good. Follows him. Also with like- Wouldn't you follow him after something like that? It's kind of a creepy move. Dude, look what he just did. You gotta ask a guy out after he does something like that. Are you kidding? Someone will ask him out in no time. And this actually brings it back to that conversation that she had with her mom. And 
her mom was so disgusted that girls don't ask guys out. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Girls don't ask guys out. And then like she defied that. She's like, not only am I going to stalk him, I will actually ask him to the dance. So I was, I was proud of her and also just also proud that she didn't have too many questions about Doc. Like, well, again, he's, he's here's his another uncle. moment where, oh, yeah, he, he, he played it off. But like nobody he, has the appropriate questions about Doc. I think we've established that. <laughs> yeah, Doc is untouchable, bro. We would have them now. But at the time, no one's asking the right questions about that relationship. I love Doc. All right. So Lorraine decides that she doesn't want to make out with Marty anymore. But Biff has some ideas about making out with her himself. Uh, in the meantime, though, he mentions that uh, Marty cost $300 in damage to his car in 1950s money, which I believe translates into a trillion dollars in modern Roughly, day money. Yeah, yeah, I'd say. But um, he tries to rape Lorraine, and this is also the scene where we get that racial slur again, which, uh, you know, but whatever. Oh, right. I had never heard of that. We, I actually had to ask. It was like, is that a... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, Biff is going to try and rape Lorraine in the scene. But as in all scenes where women are in peril in this era in Hollywood, it does provide a man with a chance to mm-hmm. show us what he's made of. Mm-hmm. George finally steps up mm-hmm. and punches Biff's lights out. Amazing. And not only is it great because he saves Lorraine, but it encha- it changes his whole personality, his whole mm-hmm. future, Marty's whole future. Mm-hmm. The whole family is going to be different from now on because he's braver on the inside. Yes. Yeah, he stood up to Biff. But there's one more problem. The band got Marty out of the back seat of the trunk right. where he was thrown, and the main guitar player cut his hand. Who's going to play guitar? So he cut into the school dance. Did you recognize the school dance here? The like 19, because like. So classic. Yeah. All 1950s school dance scenes are based on this now. Like the earth, earth angel, earth (laughs) angel. Yeah. Like they all look like that. But, um, you know, we still got to make sure that they kiss because the photo is still fading away and he's starting to fade away. And I almost pee my pants when I'm watching it originally and stuff, but he does. It all works out great. I think even like well into the nineties. And even maybe even the two thousands dance scenes look like that. Oh sure, in classic I mean, movies, diff- like that's like the quintessential dance it, scene. Yes, it is. Yeah, oh. but then we also get a quintessential iconic scene here, which is Marty plays Johnny Be Good. Of course, you like that shit. <laughs> of course, and they got the. Uh, Chuck Berry on the phone. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to love this. You know that new sound you wanted? It's me, your cousin, Mark Berry. (laughs) Listen to this. I got too serious about that moment where I was like, wow, are white people trying to take that back from black people? Yes, they Well, no, not (laughs) take it back. We invented rock and roll, Eric. (laughs) (laughs) This just establishes that white people invented rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, so yeah, so there is that. I'm glad we cleared that historical point up. But it is a good scene. Yeah. I mean, that aside. <laughs> I, know. I know. I decided not to be, you know, yeah, no, I, I stopped puckering my ass so much. I was like, fine, fine, fine. I'll let right, it be. right, I'll right. Let it, be. it was a fun scene. It is. And in fact, um, they almost cut it because um, it, it's sort of like, if you think about it from a plot perspective, it does. it's a pointless scene. It doesn't add anything. And yeah. so they were like, you know, they could have cut it and the movie would have worked just fine. But the, the test audiences loved it so much. They're like, well, we got to keep it in. Because you know, people thought it was so fun. Racist test audiences, bro. I guess so. No, yeah. No. 
Um, anyway, so we come to our climax where Marty actually has to get his ass back to the future. He tries to warn Doc about his ultimate fate. Doc tears up the letter, and there's no time to warn him. It's too loud. Marty gets in a position. DeLorean breaks down, because DeLoreans are a real piece of shit. That's why they were out of business by 1985. The, then uh, the wire is not uh, not plugged in anymore, so Doc has to climb the, the clock tower. To Everything is going wrong. See, every possible thing is going wrong. It's, it's so tense. Th- this is pretty iconic, too, though. Doc hanging from the clock tower. Did you recognize any of these shots? Yeah, those for sure. Yeah? Everything from this last... That last scene in the 50s was definitely registering, as I've seen. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. And so everything possible goes wrong, but they do everything they can, and it fucking works out right. The lightning strikes, Marty hits the thing, he goes back in time, and woo, it's the 1980s again. Awesome. I mean, he's in the 80s again. He even went back four minutes or six minutes earlier. Like ten minutes early. Yeah, to try to... Right. Thwart the future. Or- but the DeLorean breaks down because DeLoreans are pieces mm-hmm. of shit. And that's why they were bankrupt mm-hmm. by 1985. <laughs> um, so he, he runs to the mall, but he's not in time. Doc still gets shot. Mm-hmm. But what's this? He's wearing protection. He's got a bulletproof vest on, baby. That's right. You kids. called this. You actually Fucking saw it coming. wear protection. I didn't, I was like, who knows he's dead? He may not be dead, but he read the note. You called that he too. He taped the note back together. He had, in his older age, decided, Fuck I'm not going to be so stubborn. Yeah. You know what? Maybe I do want to know. Fuck the space time continuum. <laughs> well, he had seen that video too. I know, right? Yeah, so he kind of had the suggestion yeah, yeah, that Doc he kinda was knew. maybe like, going to die there. Yeah. 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 Man, so good. And it was also kind of a trip to see uh, Marty see Marty. Oh, totally, yeah. Right? That was sort of another, like, M. Night sort of moment for me, where I was like, whoa, this is trippy. You thought that was cool? I the even whole, had to like, ask multiple you. Martys and overlapping timelines yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty neat, This is neat, why right? I can't watch Inception, dude. Like, I just, I had to stop and ask you. I was like, what happened? How is it? But thank you for being there for me, dude. Oh, no worries. Great hand holder. Yeah, well, my pleasure. So, Marty gets home, and it looks like teaching Dad to stand up for himself has paid off, because the house is all nice, mm-hmm. they've got better cars, Mom isn't a drunk anymore. Bro's got a job, Sis looks good, she's dressing more like Kardashian a little bit. She is, everything's great, but the best part, the absolute best part of this new and improved future. Biff's life sucks. <laughs> it's such a nice cherry on top of everything else. Karma's a bitch, bro. Yeah. And sometimes karma needs a little help. Sometimes karma yeah. needs a little bit of time, time travel-y <laughs> yeah. push, you know, to, to fall fall right. You know what I'm saying? So good. Yeah. But he was like, he was he was chipper. Well, He was you know, kind of like a chipper, like, helper. He was being a subservient little bitch. It was, yeah, roles had reversed. As he should be. Yeah. Wow. Everything's everything's right. Everything's coming up roses. Marty opens his garage. That fucking awesome truck he'd seen earlier in the movie that we didn't talk about is in there. His girlfriend's there. Mom approves of her now. Mm. She still loves mm-hmm. him. Everything's coming up roses. But then what's this? Doc mm. arrives. And something's wrong. Now, the DeLorean's new and improved. You notice that cool yep. new uh, garbage power generator that he's got from the future. Yup. But he needs Marty, and he needs... One last product placement, too, by the way. I think it was like oh, another yeah. Miller can. Oh, that's it was right. Like, it was that like he, an apple, and then like more garbage, and then more Miller. Yeah. 
But uh, he needs Marty and he needs his girlfriend Jennifer to come with him to the future because it's their kids, Marty. We have to do something about your kids. Oh, he's got you by the nuts now. I know, right? You got. Yeah, you, you can't, can't say no to that. Yeah, right? Like, what kind of fucking father are you? Yeah, so they all pile into the DeLorean to get ready to blast off for one more adventure, but uh, there's enough room on the road to get up to speed. Oh, well, it's not a problem. Why not? Roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. da 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 Ba-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And that's Back to the Future. Woo. Pretty good, right? I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped on it. And I want to say, I thought there would be more scenes with Doc Brown, and I love Doc Brown. Of course you do. It, it hit me when we see Doc Brown in the 50s that he is like an original beatnik kind of cat. <laughs> He's like some early, you know, Ferlinghetti or... Kerouac, you know, he's like, he's I a don't know really eclectic that. guy. He's eclectic. I he's don't know if I'd call really him a Kerouac weird. type. <laughs> I don't know, he's not as literate. He's definitely out there, dude. Uh, he not is that. Kerouac. Kerouac wasn't even the zaniest of them, but. No. But. Um, I don't know. Maybe not a perfect translation to beatnik culture, but it seemed like I was trying to figure out who he was in the 50s realistically. Where does he fit in fit in in the 50s yeah because you'd also think that in the 50s like it's a conservative reactionary culture where like a zany guy like that would be ostracized maybe i mean dude there's rock and roll was emerging obviously right and beatniks were too hmm a lot of these like uh free jazz you know and uh uh, lesbian clubs were getting big in the city and everything like it was a pretty but this is the suburbs i know you know, I know, but I'm saying like culturally suburban. as a time, I'm trying to figure out like, where is this guy fitting in? I don't know. It's a good question. Wow. Maybe he's just mostly keeping to himself, you know, working on those inventions. Like, would he been of a, a Kaczynski kind of? Is that? I think he's, his, he... he's a Doc Brown. Okay. <laughs> he's his own kind of guy. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's an archetype unto himself. So maybe this is why I like him so much because I cannot peg him, but he's the zany inventor. so unique. He's a Thomas Edison type, except not as uh, anti-Semitic. The crazy inventor. Yeah. Yeah. And he's not stealing other people's inventions. Look it up. (laughs) Okay. Um, Let me tell you a few final facts about this movie. So let's start with how it did. So as Stranger Things showed us, the movie opened on July 3rd, 1985. Mm. It was a huge hit. It spent 11 weeks at number one in the box office. It had a budget of $19 million. Do you want to take a guess at how much money it made? Um, $500 million. Close. Not quite that much, but still a lot. Okay. $389.1 million in 1985. On a budget of under $20 million, this thing fucking Ooh. printed money. <laughs> it was a huge goddamn hit. Um, it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, got nominated for screenplay, Best Original Song, The Power of Love from Huey Lewis and the News, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and Sound Mixing, and it won the Oscar for Best Sound Effects Editing. Oh. Yeah, kind of a, you know, one of those technicals where you're like, okay. Um, But, you know, as a lay person, you have, you not, can't necessarily see it, you know? It takes a village, bro. I know it does. It takes a village. You gotta respect those people. Absolutely. Totally. I'm just saying, like, you know, we, we 
aren't pros. We're just enthusiastic amateurs, so we can't, right. you know, we can't see it as well, you know? Yeah. It's hard to tell. Through and through, that shows through and through this movie was solid. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you when you do notice, though, even as a layperson, is when it's bad. <laughs> yeah. You know, like when that shit isn't working, you can definitely tell then. Yeah. No, definitely worthy of classic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Go on. All right. All right. Don't worry. I'm getting there. <laughs> I got it. As far as uh, what people think of the movie, so on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 96% from critics and a 94% from audiences. Pretty popular with both the professionals and the people at home. As far as what the professional critics say, here's Roger Ebert. He said, the movie shows not only a fine comic touch, but also some of the lighthearted humanism of a Frank Capra. Okay. Frank Capra's a director who did like a lot of the like classic Americana style movies. No idea. I think um, think I've ever heard of this guy. Really? Um, think like it's a wonderful life. Okay. Seen that. Or think like, uh, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Do you know that movie? No. Uh, well, again, it's sort of like classic Americana stuff. So the 1950s older, stuff older. really is what he's talking. Um, William Gallagher for BBC.com said it's undeniably formulaic, but so outstandingly executed that it vindicates the formula, which I, I think is, I like that. Yeah, me too. I like that That's a lot. Super poignant. It's not like the story is, you know, pretty straightforward. I mean, the time travel is interesting, but it's not like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. But the execution, like, you know, the actual like the writing of the time travel elements is so spot mm-hmm. on and it mm-hmm. works like clockwork. It the does. execution is excellent. Yeah. Perfect. And then um Josh Larson, writing for Larson on film, had this to say about some of the sexual aspects okay. of the movie. <laughs> Leah Thompson's funny, carnal performance forces us all to face an ugly truth. Once, our moms might have been prowling teens, too. <laughs> How is your mom? She was asking about my, my mom. Yeah, what's she up? <laughs> fuck you. She busy tonight? <laughs> fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Do not fuck your mom. Do uh, not fuck your mom! <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait, read that review one more time. Maybe quick. Thompson's funny, carnal performance forces us all to face an ugly truth. Once our moms might have been prowling teens, too. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's a very, like, motherly way to look at it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but okay. Now, it's not easy to find negative reviews for this film, but I found a couple. Sheila Benson wrote in the LA Times... It's big, cartoonish, and empty, with an interesting premise that is underdeveloped and overproduced. Hmm. The only underdeveloped thing that I thought was, like, I'm... I have those basically two things that keep coming up. Like, why is nobody really seeing Doc Brown? Why is no one really seeing Doc Brown? And then also... Um, how did they meet? I just want to know that so bad, but I don't <laughs> you think they really want like, to know. I don't think either of those are like deal breakers to me. Maybe like slightly underdeveloped, but that seems a bit harsh. It is harsh. John Hartle for film.com also said the movie is so busy being clever that it trips over its own ingenuity. No, nope, you're yeah. just too dumb. Dude. Whatever the fuck that you means. Just, you need to get yourself a Dave to explain you through the hard parts. Get the fuck out of here. This with is, that was bullshit. this like the original Inception? Um, or like Quantum Leap, I loved as a kid. 
And I can tell that like Quantum Leap borrowed from a few things from this, right? Quantum Leap after this? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 That was like safely 90s. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Okay. So for the legacy of this movie, well, very importantly, what did Ronald Reagan think of the joke about him? He loved it, Eric. He actually liked it so much that he had the movie stopped, rewound, and had that joke played again at the theater. <laughs> he actually had the projectionist stop the movie and like bag oh it up. Oh my god! Yeah, I know, right? Asshole. Ronald Reagan for you. <laughs> um, the movie was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry as culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. The Writers Guild of America listed it as the 56th, 56th best, be, blah, I can't say it. The 56th best screenplay of all time. Wow. Uh, AFI in 2008 considered it the 10th best sci-fi film of all time. Hmm. Empire Magazine in a reader poll also in 2008 rated it the 23rd greatest film ever made. Hmm. Pretty impressive shit. I don't know. Well, hang on. What year was that? 2008. Okay. The movie spawned two sequels, Back to the Future 2 and Back to the Future 3. Okay. And it was, of course, visually referenced in the recent film Ready Player One, where the lead character, Wade, drives a DeLorean. Oh, shit. I know, right? Real nerd cred putting that in the movie but eric none of that is important the only thing that matters here is what did you think of back to the future it is better late yeah oh yeah tell me more oh you want to know more (laughs) yeah (laughs) um fantastic film bro now fantastic film i don't know how much more I have to say about it, other than that, I think that there are a lot of important. All right, I do think that it was formulaic. Okay, and so like me, I I don't. I... But you don't watch any movies, so how do you really know? <laughs> you can recognize a formula. Like, okay, I'm not a complete ingrate. Okay, you know, like I can I can see formula like every time they put them. In Maybe the, this in invented the, 80s, the formula. And in the 50s. <laughs> but it took place in the 80s. They made it in the 80s. No, no, I'm saying like there would be scenes in the 80s that would repeat themselves in the 50s. Well, that's just good writing, Eric. Is it? When it's a time it's travel formulaic. movie all about cycles and loops. And that even the same way that he bu- he was bullied by Biff, the same way he was bullied by Biff like happened previously you know, in the 50s. And like when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's kind of like lazy formulaic kind of like i don't know it's like too for the writing i don't know i don't know i didn't necessarily like that but as the second review said you can kind of allow that to just sort of eviscerate in the what was can you read the second review again that was the best to me it's undeniably formulaic but so outstandingly executed that it vindicates Mm -hmm. the formula totally I think bottom line for me is you got Christopher motherfucking Lloyd. Mm-hmm. You got Michael motherfucking J. Fox. Mm-hmm. You got young Lorraine and old Lorraine. Yes, you do. Yeah. 
it was just amazing, man. Like, see everything. It was great performances. I think from those were my three favorite actors. Oh, so you came around on Michael J. Fox then? I did. Oh, totally. I, You know what? We got to, like, scratch that. We got to definitely I'll edit, edit that, that out and post. Yeah, I'll <laughs> definitely do that. Um, you can say, like, in the... Uh, I'll trust you. I'll trust you with the editing, but we got to redact somehow or do some sort of disclaimer because that was just ignorant on my part. It was not thoughtful. It's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm beating myself up now, but I think the bottom line is good movie, better late. We'll hang on. Christopher Lloyd's the shit. What's up? Let me clarify what that means because better late means that there's something critical about the movie that now that you've seen it, your movie watching knowledge is greater and more complete and you're a better movie watcher going forward whereas never means if you had gone the rest of your life without seeing this movie that'd be just a-okay so now with that in mind what do you think totally better right on totally better because not only is it gonna i'm going to achieve my goal i'm achieving my goal here by deepening my relationship with rick and morty sure so there's that yes so that ultimately right there that's like word for word what you said with better late you know totally is totally going to affect my the way i view things in the future for sure and then also just maybe i gotta look up this zemeckis guy i think so and get start to invest more time into him because i really think that the visuals we saw there and the early like i was calling out m night comparisons like that's it's impressive and I don't think even though there were like racial and rape and like Freudian tensions, things are pretty racy. I think that they weren't portrayed as like they weren't. It wasn't a racist movie. You know? It wasn't like, too hardcore. It was, I mean, it was a kid's film. It was yeah, as kids. It was like portraying bad things happen and bad things happen to those people. Yes. Like they get there is what, karma. Yeah, there is karma and they'll get what they deserve and stand up for yourself. Something that stood out to me was, um, and I don't, I think gender is such a hot topic and sensitive issue right now that to say what a man is, is very, you don't see it a whole lot. It's loaded and you just don't see it a whole lot right now. So there was a moment, I kind of wrote it down. It was, this is paraphrasing, but it said, a man should be strong and stand up for the girl. Yeah. That's what Lorraine found attractive about Marty. Yeah. And, And then later George. And I actually, I really believe that, but I don't think it has to be man. Just stand up for the ones you love. And it can come in a lot of forms. It doesn't have to come in the form of punching someone in the face. Correct. Absolutely. Just, just, and that it's more to like me being is brave. like, quote, manning up. Yeah. Be brave. Be brave. Do it. Do the right thing. If you believe in yourself, anything is possible. Right. And that will change the course of your future. Well, Eric, it was awesome to finally get you on the podcast pleasure being here my man if you do want to explore robert zemeckis some more maybe you can do it here starting with back to the future too okay we'll talk about it talk about it but in the meantime definitely be back nice nice if i'm welcome back you are absolutely welcome (laughs) back fuck yeah dave if you want to contact the podcast please email us at better late than never pod at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at better late underscore pod Eric, it was a blast to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was everything I hoped it would be. Mm. And I think it's only appropriate that maybe we should 
take this podcast out by singing the uh, theme song to this movie that we just watched. Thousand percent, I agree. So ready? Yep. Dun 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 d